1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the morning after here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Matic, no Ben Stevens for you guys here. He'll be back rejoining the show. We are heading into hour two. Got a lot of great stuff coming for you. We're going to cover some baseball with Craig Mish. Tom Vecchio is going to help us bet on some props, and Brian Fonseca is going to get us ready for the NBA Conference Finals. But before we get into any of that, we do need to, of course, remember, The National Hockey League, it's not going anywhere. In fact, they are heading into the most important high-adrenaline part of their season. The Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers finish their series in six games in what is a relatively large upset. The Golden Knights beat the Oilers 5-2 on the road in Edmonton. They win the series in six games, eliminating the Golden Child of the national hockey league Connor mcdavid the best player in the regular season uh, a, a record number of points scored by the edmonton oilers in the regular season by their top line the canadian drought in the national hockey league will continue 1993 the year after i was born was the last time that a canadian team hoisted the stanley cup i guess it's a it's a small little bit of relief for Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Really, the deal is after the Leafs get eliminated, you got to just hope that no other Canadian team wins. The Golden Knights entered the series as underdogs plus 124 against the Oilers, who were relatively large favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook at minus 152. The Knights have only existed for six seasons. Honestly, to me, this feels a little bit unfair. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm becoming crotchety in my old age, but they've been in the NHL for six seasons, They've made the conference finals in four of them. Like, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, You know, because, of course, there are Vegas Golden Knights fans, but these are not people who have grown up With the Golden Knights, you know it's going to be it's going to be a level of success that people look back on, and they are just like that was really unbelievable. But how unfair that all of these you know these punished Oilers fans, these Canucks fans, they don't get to see any of that hardware delivered home for them. They await the winner of tonight's Game Seven in the conference finals the stanley cup odds have the carolina hurricanes as plus 195 favorites the golden knights at plus 210 of course the panthers at plus 350 and the remaining series uh that we have between the stars and the kraken they are plus 550 uh, the stars are plus 550 in the kraken are 15 to 1 that game seven between the seattle kraken and the dallas stars are tonight the stars are are relatively large favorites an over under of six and a half goals i i would say uh instead of betting on the kraken at plus 176 tonight the move certainly is to wager on them at 15 to one to win the stanley cup because that number uh if the kraken do win as plus 176 underdogs tonight that Uh, uh, you know, the odds for the Stanley Cup are going to shift rather dramatically. In the Eastern Conference Finals, that series is set already. It's going to begin this week. The Carolina Hurricanes are favored over the Panthers, who did end up beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Hurricanes last made the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2006. The Panthers last made the Stanley Cup Finals all the way back in 1996. At the start of the playoff, the Hurricanes... We're a good regular season team. The market was not anticipating them really trailing off. They were plus 550 to win the Eastern Conference Finals. The Panthers were all the way down at 12-1, to so they did have to climb a little bit of a mountain to get there always I, it really is sort of interesting to see these teams you know because uh the the players that are acquired the games that are played they don't care how many fans are watching they don't care about the market and of course welcome to everyone here on radio davis Maddock here with you on the morning after on sports Grid. ben stevens would be back with you guys tomorrow so we will watch with interest as the uh, as the nhl conference finals get underway this week but i will of course Be turning my attention to the PGA Championship. The Byron Nelson concluded yesterday. Jason Day wins the Byron Nelson. It's his first PGA Tour victory since 2018 he's been winless in his last 105 starts and uh you know really was in the wilderness for a while there was a time where we didn't know if jason day was ever going to return to the greatness where he was you know a, a major championship uh, a major championship contender and winner but he's receiving a lot of respect in the markets right now and i think the pga championship odds are are fairly interesting john Rahm, obviously a huge favorite scotty scheffler obviously a huge favorite, although Scheffler, despite being uh, 14 under on Saturday, did not end up winning uh, last week on the Byron Nelson. Honestly, a bit surprising. The markets have finally soured on my boy, Rory McIlroy, a little bit. He's down to 12 to one to win the PGA compared to his odds at the Masters, where he was eight to one to win the Masters. Brooks Kepka getting a lot of respect. Dustin Johnson getting a lot of respect in the markets after their performance at the Masters. Because remember, we really have not seen very much of these guys as they have left the PGA Tour to go make uh, millions of dollars on the Live. Brooks Kepka finally did get a win on the Live Tour right before the Masters Championship. Brooks played very well there. Can't say I'm all that interested on adding these guys in my card. I think some of the best numbers are a little bit deeper down the board uh, Cameron Young at thirty-two to one, Matthew Fitzpatrick at thirty-five to one. Um, you know, obviously, I can't talk myself into betting the uh, the Tommy Fleetwood and Ricky Fowler's of the world, but it does feel like this is a tournament that could give us a, a surprise surprisingly off the board winner Uh, it's going to be really difficult golf play this this week i think we're going to really see guys who go long off the tee do well at the pga championship at oak hill this week we're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on the program i'm going to be joined by my fantasy sports today buddy craig mish here in just a few moments see you back then Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the morning after here on Sports Grid. I'm Davis Matic, joined by my fantasy sports today co host Craig Mish, with our daily look at the diamond, everything going on in Major League Baseball, really settling in to a good routine. You know, May 15th, not a ton of surprises left. There are some teams who are waiting for young guys to be called up. But, you know, we're getting pretty good sample sizes on a lot of the pitchers we had questions about. We're learning a lot about some young guys. Some some guys are, are uh, you know, we're, we're starting to hear the rumors of some of these young guys who are struggling getting sent down. I, Craig, there are Royals fans who want Bobby Witt Jr., sent back down because he looks a little bit lost at the plate striking out a bit too much obviously that's insane there's nothing this dude could learn from going back to uh to triple a we've got uh young miami marlins pitchers i mean yet another young miami marlins pitcher stepping up to the plate where do they find these guys i did and more importantly how do the marlins have every pitching prospect under the sun but they don't have a bobby Wood jr you know it really it does not make any sense to me that this is how the marlins operate
2: yeah it's 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 kind of wild i was there on friday night watching yuri perez's debut and you know naturally it was great but they lost that game and then they lost saturday as well uh and and then they ended up winning on sunday but they lost a couple of key players uh in jesus sanchez and we're gonna you know wait here on jazz chisholm jr but i'm I'm not sure i I thought he was fine and i thought he'd be back this week against washington i'm not so sure uh, from some of the things that i'm hearing now at this point but it's a great question it just comes down to player development why some teams have amazing player development on the hitting side. I think the Orioles, Davis, probably a good example of that. Uh, You know, Orioles are winning a lot without having much pitching too. So it's like, you know, I I guess it's hard to do, but the Dodgers have proven you can call up guys from kids from the minor leagues. You can develop them uh, both from the pitching and hitting perspective. And I guess that's why the Dodgers are very much right at the top in addition to spending $300 million. that's, That's definitely the case as well. But yeah, we even have a new prospect being called up today, Davis, Matt McClain who plays infield for the Cincinnati Reds. I believe he had 11 home runs. He was fantastic in spring training and carried that right over to AAA. So, yeah, we're seeing players being called up at a much better rate than we've seen in the past. Maybe some of that has to do that if you call up players earlier, Davis, you have eligibility if they finish first, second, or third in the rookie of the year voting to get draft picks, whether it's through the uh, amateur draft or international uh, signing as well. So I think that's part of what's going on here.
1: Yeah, one of the most interesting series that took place over the weekend, a split series between the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. I mean, look, Sports Grid, based in New York, everyone cares about the Yankees. Everyone wants to know what's going on with the Yankees at, uh, at all times. The Yankees did finally get Aaron Judge back in their lineup, so that's definitely something that uh, they've been needing. Anytime Aaron Judge is not in there, you know, we got, like, the other day, this was last week. D.J. LeMahieu batted cleanup for the New York Yankees, and I'm just like, man, how have the mighty fallen when D.J. LeMahieu is, is batting cleanup for them? But sort of the story of the season, at least to me, uh, through uh, you know about 40 games for most of these teams, 45, is is anyone going to catch the Rays? How sustainable is this? Does it matter that Rays, You know, every, every week a new Rays pitcher goes to go get Tommy John, and then they just bring up some guy you've never heard of, and he throws six innings, nine strikeouts, two runs you know it's just like it doesn't even matter these guys they they find these guys off a factory line and uh, i mean are are we gonna see the rays craig make a buying move this year i mean that really would be phenomenal to me if the Rays said you know what the american league east we're fighting an arms race every team in the division is over 500 we absolutely want home field advantage we do not want to have to play one of these randomization fast that is known as the wild card game what are the rays going to do this year yeah, it, look,
2: it's obviously hard to say. I don't think they'll take on a $100 million contract, Dave. If that, I don't think they will do. But if they are still in it, which it appears to be, I mean, literally, Dave, is if they play 500 ball the rest of the season, they've got a great shot to win the East. Now, that's not going to win them a World Series. I don't think that's going to be the case. Tyler Glass now also one of those pieces that will come back. He will help them a lot in terms of pitching. But there, there was a rumor a couple of years ago, if you remember, that uh, that they were trying to sign Freddie Freeman to a very short-term, high AAV contract. And so if that is the case, like you would wonder a little bit with some of the teams that are going to be trading players at the deadline, would they be willing to take that kind of risk on? And I, I think that would be the direction they would go. By the way, the Yankees playing much better. They absolutely had to have a split, by the way, in this series. They could not lose three out of four and that would basically, I mean, to me, eliminate them from anyone thinking that they could potentially win the division. So uh, Yankees get rode on back too. I think that'll be a big part of their season. But clearly, the Rays are the the cream of the class in the American League East for sure.
1: Yeah, and the American leagues, uh, the American League East odds do represent that. The only team that the market is totally counting out of winning the American League East is the Boston Red Sox. But uh, we got to turn our attention, Craig. Of course. To the team that you know, uh, really, other than the Kansas City Royals, completely dominates my attention span in Major League Baseball, and that is the absolute absurdity of the los angeles angels never finding a way to build a winning baseball team despite having the best you know the best player in baseball and i don't know one of the top five i guess you know mike trout is heading into his uh you know his his twilight years he's not as good he's not as fast he doesn't play 162 games every season anymore and i guess to be fair to the los angeles angels 40 games into the season, they do have a record above 500. So good for them, happy for them. They are uh, slight favorites against the Baltimore Orioles They minus 136 on the money line. Uh, I mean, what do we make of the, the Angels' seri- uh, you know, season so far this year? They have, I, I suppose they did, to be fair to them, make a couple good moves in free agency. They've gotten good results out of Tyler Anderson. They signed away from the Dodgers. And Shohei Otani is taking the mound against the Orioles who don't have any pitching but can hit the daylights out of the ball they they kind of been a pleasantly surprising offense this year
2: yeah and good against left-handed pitching as well and so interesting note because that's you know sort of been their blind spot over the last few years but i I think that's why you see the angels being a favorite in this game they will not be a favorite in any other game in this series i don't think but clearly what you look at here tonight is how deep Otani gets into the game the Orioles have had again problems for the most part, with their starting pitching. It's been okay. It needs to be better for them to get deeper into, let's say, the playoff chase or maybe into the wild card of the postseason. But, uh, again, a total at eight of Camden Yards, Davis. I know Otani's on the mound, but, you know, literally, if Otani pitches seven innings and gives up two runs, there's a chance to Orioles score six. Like, they have been that good all year, that would give you a push. Uh, I, I would lean a little toward an tonight. I'm usually an under guy when it comes to Major League Baseball. I always think there's more value on that. But tonight at Camden Yards, pretty decent night it seems like for the weather, and I would expect some fireworks tonight for sure.
1: Yeah, all right, and uh, we got another late night in Los Angeles. We have the Minnesota Twins against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Another fairly interesting game as the Twins, you know, try and take over this awful division known as the American League Central that has uh, approximately .5 good teams because the Twins, the Twins aren't even having a good year. You know, we talked about this last week, like they're just they're just taking advantage of every other team in that division being awful and then the worst pitcher for the dodgers i mean how craig how long do you think the dodgers can continue throwing noah Syndergaard out there when he just is not up to dodgers quality
2: yeah they were hoping that they could rejuvenate him a little bit you remember his season last year too it was okay not good enough Uh, you know, he was pulled from a start recently because of a blister issue. And I, and I guess they think that that's resolved at this point. That's a risky proposition. Uh, first five innings tonight, Pablo Lopez on the mound for the Minnesota twins. Look, the Dodgers, uh, are incredible. They're playing great. They just swept the Padres. So I ain't, I ain't going to fade the Dodgers at this point, but my guy Pablo maybe through the first five as a three, two lead, something along those lines. Dodgers have been also scoring runs late too. That scares me. But, uh, look, the pitching matchup definitely in favor of the twins, but with the way that L.A. is playing right now, really hard to go against them. I'd look at first five Minnesota.
1: Yeah. All right. And then real quick here, give me your DFS picks of the night.
2: Yeah. Uh, a couple of options, I think, tonight that are pretty good. And, uh, you know, I-, I think really right now what you're looking for, trying to get a really solid starting pitcher. I, I don't think you can – go down deep tonight into the eight 9000 range i'm gonna take george kirby tonight of seattle jake fraley so hot for the reds he's at coors field 3400
1: there we go Uh, we always love a good coors field series here on the morning after thanks to craig for joining us we're gonna go ahead and run into break real quick before tom becchio hops on to talk some props with me here on tma everyone and welcome back into the morning after here on sports grid i'm davis Maddock, joined now by tom becchio we're going to be doing a little bit of prop bet analysis on both the nba and the nhl we're going to get you guys ready for your next week in wagering for all of these high leverage playoff spots that are going beginning with the boston celtics and the eastern conference playoffs that have been sort of a, a, a big roller coaster you know the 76ers get that very unexpected game one win and then the very expected game seven collapse you know uh, honestly i just i wish harden would have went three for 12 again to just add that to his his next list of three for 12 closeout games uh tobias harris leading the 76ers and scoring in this game just truly like it's got to be the most embarrassing fact in uh, in philadelphia history it's it's really bad
3: yeah, not certainly the game, I mean, I was hoping for. I, I mean, I didn't have a, a spot on either team. I just wanted to see a more competitive game. And like you said, like a, a very, a very uh, predictive or predictable game seven when it comes to the 76ers, just players not showing up uh, time and time again for them. Um, when it comes to moving forward, I think the the value lies with the heat in the series. Obviously, this is a rematch of what we saw last year. And I think the one note that I'm going to be paying attention to the most is what are these uh, reports they were hearing about Tyler hero potentially returning for the miami heat because he could provide a nice scoring boost for the heat especially you know not, not necessarily a team that's known for their offense and there's some reports that his hands getting better he's out of a cast he's in a brace like what does that look like for the heat moving forward we obviously have a couple days before we tip off but that's the spot i'll be paying attention to
1: i uh i really like that i mean i i uh, i'm a big i'm a big tyler Hiero guy uh actually you can see the uh the tyler hero uh cereal right behind me on the shelf here so big big fan of his it would be really cool uh that's always something that just leads a little bit of extra drama into a series as well will he won't he is he coming back is he healthy is he getting up shots like that that's always uh that's always a nice little angle uh as it pertains to the nba championship odds i mean look the the market is just already decided the celtics are winning the series might be five games might be six games might be seven games but they are winning the series and also i mean honestly to me a little bit disrespectful like i i think i the celtics are not this good the celtics are a good team but we have clearly seen not only in the playoffs this year but i think almost more importantly last year it doesn't matter how good the celtics are in the regular season because last season the celtics were like the best regular season team best defense in the regular season incredible offense this year again second best defense in the nba they had that stretch at the beginning of the season where their offensive rating was like no one in nba history had ever touched it but it just doesn't matter you get to the playoffs and jalen brown and jason tatum they are they're great players i mean we saw tatum he's unbelievable but They just, I don't know, they just give games away. Like game six last year against the Heat, game six last year against Milwaukee, they just gave those games away. And the Nuggets and the Lakers, maybe they're not as talented one through eight. These teams do not give games away. These teams are 100% drilled, regimented. They play very serious basketball every minute that they're playing.
3: Yeah, and I think that's why the value lies with the Heat. And, you know, this is a matchup that, again, we saw last year. I think Eric Spolstra is a great coach. I think the in-series adjustments that he makes will put them in a great spot to succeed. Uh, You know, 210 over-under in Game 1 is obviously very low. I'm expecting, you know, as you said, two very solid defensive teams. And that's going to have me leaning, I would say, on a lot of rebounding props. I want something that correlates a lot of missed shots, correlates with those rebounds so jimmy butler over six and a half rebounds That's probably my favorite spot in game one but i'm gonna be consistently looking to jason tatum for rebounding props uh marcus smart for rebounding props going forward throughout the series because these games ending 100 to uh, you know 95 i would say is well within the range of outcomes for these two teams so a lot of defense a lot of rebounding uh especially as the series goes later into the games and again i I don't think the the heat are getting enough credit coming into the series
1: I, uh, I like that angle. I mean, I love, I love in general, you know, correlating the uh, the result of a game to which props we are gonna be leaning towards. Um, I mean, I think probably the best wager on the board for these series prices is six games at plus two forty because that gives you one Miami home win, like so, just one normal straight, you know, they win one twelve to one hundred or whatever at home, and then it also gives you one brain fart boston game right where where the heat don't even really try to win the heat aren't even playing their best game and boston is just unwilling to take it that that sort of feels like the most likely result to me
3: yeah i certainly like that angle where you know even if boston kind of lays an egg in two games and the heat somehow upset them like it doesn't matter because you have just six games and you're you're not worried about the series outcome in terms of the winner you're just projecting forward of what we're going to see like you said these are realistic things where boston just kind of falls flat in one of the games then they kind of flip the switch and then they're ready to go and that kind of accounts for that so six games is is looking very solid between these two teams
1: all right and we were talking to uh, i was talking to donnie in hour one and we both decided that uh the western conference finals mvp it's about as straightforward as it gets you either bet jokic and you know find some way to parlay that with the nuggets winning or you bet lebron james because no one else is winning there is not a world where the lakers win the western conference finals and make it to the nba finals where the voters even if anthony davis is 35 points eight block you know i just don't think it matters i think the voters are giving it i mean lebron got mvp finals votes in a series where his team lost the freaking series the the voters are going to give it to lebron i think
3: i would agree with that the I have no interest in betting them. I completely agree with that take. The only spot on the board I would ever hypothetically look would be Jamal Murray up at that price at plus 1600 uh, just because the value that he brings compared to the others I think is interesting just objectively. But like you said, if the Lakers win this series, it's going to LeBron. So I don't have too much of a strong take on, on that. I won't have any action on that overall. But like you said, it's Jokic, it's LeBron, and that's really it.
1: Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and transition now to the National Hockey League. We're getting to the business end of both the conference semifinals, and now we are having uh, conference finals matchups being set up and ready to go. The Vegas Golden Knights do knock off the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, the Oilers were so good in the regular season, the three guys on the top line all getting over 100 points. And the Vegas Golden Knights have existed for six years and have made the conference finals in four of them. Honestly, to me, this feels unfair. This feels unfair to all those great Canadian hockey fans who have just been desperately waiting for a Stanley Cup and they have to watch the freaking ex—you know—the expansion team just come in, make the conference finals, like no sweat. It's just, it's absolutely insane.
3: It is. And moving forward, I think Vegas will probably prevail no matter who wins tonight's game. Um, Dallas and Seattle have seen a whole ton of scoring. Vegas, they have a great defense despite losing their top goalie in that series against... Uh, the Oilers Doreen Brassois he's out Uh, they're still super solid on defense they have plenty of depth they have plenty of scoring they have experience they have better coaching with Bruce Cassidy behind the bench so I like Vegas coming out of the west no matter who wins tonight Uh, tonight's game is very very tough I would initially lean on some unders just because it's a game seven it's the NHL but we have seen six goals or more in every single game this series it is very very tough to take under five and a half when we've seen such high scoring so Given that fact, I think I have to side with the player prop uh, with over two and a half shots for Oliver Bjorkstrand sitting at minus 102. You know, I want something, again, that correlates with outcomes of games. And if we're seeing so much scoring, you know, that pressure on offense is what I think we're going to be seeing again, despite my initial instincts to lean with unders when it comes to NHL game sevens. But high, high shot volume, uh, high scoring chances what we should be seeing from these two teams tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, we always love a, uh, a come from behind story um i can't say i love the idea though of the seattle kraken i mean come on having two expansion teams in it feels a bit much it's like enough like let's let's lay off of it a little bit let's let these fans who have existed and suffered for so long get through that you know i don't know that's probably like an old man cranky opinion of me to not have expansion teams doing so well Uh, i mean the vegas Golden knights literally have a championship already which uh you know very similar to like the marlins and the rockies you know making world series early on and their existences. It is just one of those weird sports history picadillos. All right, let's go ahead and get to your card for this evening. Uh, if you guys want to be making some money over on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Tom, uh, we're going to take a step into his prop shop tonight.
3: Yeah, so just running through some of these, obviously these are for some of the NBA series that start on Tuesday and on Wednesday. You know, already ran through Jimmy Butler. Uh, You know, I want to get this in early, uh, you know, just based on where the line's going to be moving. Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Minutes, doing everything he can when it comes to NBA uh, you know, especially playoff time. Um, and again, six and a half rebounds, I think is a solid spot. We look back at some of the games he's played this season throughout the series versus the Knicks, versus the Bucs, obviously putting up plenty of rebounds on a nightly basis. When it comes to D'Angelo Russell under 14 and a half points, I think that this is probably be my favorite spot to try and exploit throughout the series. He's just been far, far too inconsistent. And multiple games in the playoffs ending with 10 or fewer points is not a spot that I feel comfortable taking overs. And when push comes to shove, the offensive usage is going to be lying with LeBron and it's going to be lying with Anthony Davis. And when we have Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and Rui Hachimura taking shots away, I have no interest in going to D'Angelo Russell over. So under 14 and a half points, again, locking in kind of early, even though that game is not set. To, these games are not set to take place till tomorrow. And then Wednesday, and as I said, Oliver Bjorkstrand, over two and a half shots, for tonight's game
1: all right there we go so you guys are uh you guys are set up to be able to make some money or at least have some skin in the game here on monday night Uh, before we get out of here go ahead and give me your pick for who is going to end up hoisting the stanley cup trophy because the best regular season teams they're all done edmonton gone colorado gone boston gone which is sort of what people like about hockey but it does make the playoffs a bit of um i mean it's just like if you really were locked into the regular season it's going to be hard to have strong opinions about some of these teams
3: yeah the the canes finished first in the metro they certainly have all, all the tools to get it done i think it'll be canes vegas in the finals and i think the canes will finally come away with the championship
1: All right, there we go. The long suffering, you know, very loyal hockey fans in the Carolina regions are going to be delivered a championship from the Hurricanes. Thanks to Tom for joining the program. We're going to go ahead and run into break and be joined by Brian Fonseca here in a minute.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on SportsGrid. This is the morning after with Dave no ben stevens he's finally going to be back with you guys i know you're all begging and asking for it ben is going to be back with you guys tomorrow you got two more segments left with me here on the program i am joined by brian fonseca we're going to take a look at the conference finals in the nba then we're going to wrap it up and get out of here for the day brian we have the bubble rematch we got celtics heat we got lakers nuggets honestly both teams both teams look pretty similar to what they did then. You know, no real huge roster shakeups. Obviously, no Russell Westbrook for the Lakers, but in uh, Aaron Gordon now for the Denver Nuggets fully integrated into their system. The Celtics... Uh, it's basically the same group with Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White added in, and the Heat are without Tyler Hero now. Obviously, everyone remembers that famous scowl from the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble, and some reports, some reports that my guy Tyler Hero might be back. Uh, you know, might fight his way back from this hand injury to play here. Um, I mean, look, the floor is yours though. Just tell me how bad the Philadelphia 76ers suck. Tell me, give me, your, give me your best one-liners on the 76ers absolutely blowing this game seven against the Celtics.
4: Well, as a James Harden atheist, um, yeah, we're not even going to go there. But yeah, I think, uh, I think as it pertains to, to James Harden and Joel Embiid in particular, like we all saw this coming before the season started. This was a second round exit waiting to happen. And ultimately, I didn't think it was going to be a barrage like this, where the Celtics just get hot in the third quarter. And it was, it was one of those TKO games where I'm looking around. I'm like, can the ref stop this? Can this be done? And then I remember, oh wait, this isn't the boxing match. This is actually, you know, something that has to go all four. Quarters. And Jason Tatum exploded, and this came on the heels of him having a couple of miserable starts and still finding a way to be productive at the end of games, but all the way through yesterday. Jason Tatum was bad. And look, I know people are saying he's be hurt. That's an issue too. Like, not even the fact that he shot five of 18 from the field, 0 for four from three, four turnovers in another miserable performance in a closeout game of which he had last year, game six against the Heat in the same round of which he had in 2019 against the Raptors in game seven. He wasn't very good then either. And people could say he's hurt he gets hurt in the playoffs seemingly every year because in both those series i mentioned he got injured at some point point. and one he broke his nose and it kind of was like a fluke injury but with Joel beat i have to question that and then in 2019 he got hurt or was sick or whatever it was he shot like 37 percent from the field in that series and ultimately i just think that you know with philadelphia They're going to have some questions about what they do going forward. I have no idea what the answer is. James Harden, there's rumors about him returning to Houston. If I'm Philadelphia, I'm letting that happen. I don't care. And you figure out other ways. Maybe you prop up Tyrese Maxey, who I feel like is a real gamer and potentially ready for a bigger load on that team. And you figure out the role players. Aside from that, some people are going to scream for Damian Lillard. I mean, okay. And um, yeah, that's where we are with the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: It's not great. It's not a great spot to be, Uh, you know, start of the uh, start of the playoffs plus 440 odds to win. They get that miraculous game one victory without Joel Embiid. You're right. Embiid. I mean, Embiid is like Chris Paul at this point. Guy gets to the playoffs and then something goes wrong with his body. Now, some of these injuries for Embiid. I mean, look, you get your face cracked, whatever it happens. The, The guy who I'm unwilling to forgive is James Harden. Nine points in a closeout game. Uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm familiar with playoff uh, James Harden, and I'm not particularly impressed with his work. More impressed, obviously, with the Jays, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum, most points ever in a game seven after we just saw Curry break that record like weeks ago. Tatum just cooking anyone and everyone. Anyone who wanted to get cooked on the 76ers, they got cooked in that game. 51 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 25, 6, and 2 for jalen brown now obviously there are also moments where these guys have like stunk it up in important games you know game six last year against the heat game six last year against the bucks they gave both of those games away and also like people don't remember this it is it is sort of an excise they almost lost that game seven against the Bucks last year they really really did it got it was it it got really tricky there at the end and and, you know who knows the alternate history of what happens if some of those shots go the other way but also i mean the market is looking at the eastern conference finals brian and they're just telling us it doesn't even matter the heat have no chance the heat aren't going to get there the heat can't win playoff Jimmy is dead tyler hero doesn't matter if he comes back duncan robinson he's just going to get attacked by whoever's on the floor i actually think robert williams could be the biggest swing player here because if rob gets involved you know running to the dunker spot and stuff the heat are not going to be able to get away with playing kevin love and duncan robinson like at all like duncan robinson should not really be able to get on the court against the boston celtics but my guess is is they're going to start that double big lineup like they did the last two games here and that's actually going to allow duncan robinson to be out there because the celtics don't really involve robert williams on offense all that much they use horford in the pick and roll and rob is kind of just like the floater i think they should go back with a smaller lineup and Someone tell why is Grant Williams not playing? What a great did Grant Williams steal someone's lunch? Did he insult Joe Mazzula's mother? I mean, Grant Williams swung two playoff games last year. He had 24 points, made six three-pointers, and in, in, uh, one of the critical games last season. Like, what happened to Grant Williams? What, what is the deal?
4: <laughs> They're trying to lower his uh, offseason value uh, to potentially pay him less, if at all. Um, <clears throat> look, I think the books are are <laughs> They think that the Celtics are going to win in five. And I don't know how you can see what you've seen in these playoffs so far and think that given that the Celtics, they spotted the Hawks two games on the way out and you know, this series against the Sixers and then the heat who were minus 1200, 1200 underdogs to beat the Milwaukee bucks won that series in five. Um, Giannis came back and you know, he did Giannis things and it didn't matter. They had two miraculous comebacks late to close out that series the Heat were also underdogs against the Knicks. Now, that swung after winning game 1 at the Garden, but it was still very close the entire way. I will remind people that as the Heat sit here, they are 8 and 3 in the playoffs, 5 and 3 straight up as underdogs, not against a spread, just straight up winning. Um, and the three games they were favorite, they were at home. It was uh the three home games against the Knicks actually. And right now the books don't give the Heat a chance. I think if Jimmy Butler's ankle Seems to be fine because that's going to be one of the main things here. Then, sure, he's going to be, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna get more favoritism from the sports books there. But I still think that it's going to stay where it is until the Heat inevitably probably win Game One, and then it's like, oh, oh here we go again. You know what I mean? Because this is what they've done uh, throughout the series. They've won Game One both times, um, and the Celtics lost Game One last series, but. Also, in terms of swing pieces, Kyle Lowry is a big one for me because he was injured and not good in last year's Easter Conference Finals. He shot 20, was it 24% or was that Max Strews? Both of them were in the 20s in terms of a three-point shooting last year. And Kyle Lowry is now like 44% from the field, 36% from three. He's over 50% on twos. He's hitting his jumper from 16 feet out um, in that mid-range in that long two area. He's also getting to the rim at times and finishing around like guys like Mitchell Robinson and things of that nature. This is a different Kyle Lowry, legitimately different Kyle Lowry and he's filling up the stat sheet also betting wise if you're looking at combos points rebounds assists he's doing that he's getting the stocks he's had four blocks in one game against the knicks he's averaging a block per game in the postseason and a steal per game he's bringing it on both ends of the floor and he's really leading that bench unit and that's been you know productive despite some lineups where it's just kyle and the bench and not having jimmy butler or bam at a bio out there Bam Adebayo is also a swing piece here because he had some big games against the Celtics last year. However, he had some not big games as well. And if he's going to be more consistent, we'll remind people that Bam Adebayo was the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020. If you look up, he averaged, I remember, I think it was like 22, 11, and 5, something nutty like that. Jimmy Butler was actually the fourth leading scorer on the Heat in that series because Goran Drodic and Tyler Hero edged them out. But Bam Adebayo would have won that stupid Eastern Conference Finals MVP trophy if that was a thing back then in 2020. And ultimately, you know, the Heat shot 30% from three last year. The Celtics shot 35% from three last year in this same series. And the Celtics had a rebounding advantage. It was something along the lines of 45 to 40. And look, Miami still managed to get some games. And part of that was, you know, Jimmy Butler was very clearly injured for three of them and then summon whatever he summoned to get 47 in game six and then have the big game seven that he did bam Adibayo bio had 25 11 and four in that closeout game so yeah i think uh, this is going to be a very very close series and i don't think that the books are on with this one i don't think it's going to be celtics and five i don't think a joe Missoula team is going to put away an Eric Spoelstra team in five games in the playoffs i don't see that
1: Hundred percent with you. I mean, I think the talent discrepancy is is properly reflected in these odds. One hundred percent, the Celtics are one through eight more talented. I mean, Jimmy Butler would probably be. I guess it depends on how you feel between Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler, and then how you feel about the fact that Bam looks like a, a tank, but you know, does not like. Bam has a good offensive game like one out of every four games and and then like his bad games are are awful al horford i don't even know if he can do a you know uh i don't know if he can jump over a piece of paper on the floor but he finds ways to contribute to winning basketball uh, at all times all right let's move now to the western conference finals we have the denver nuggets just barely favored over the los angeles lakers the spread heavily favors the lakers plus one and a half games and the market expects it to go six or seven games if you look at the implied probabilities plus 180 to go to seven games and um you know one congrats to my boy nicole jokic uh most impressive regular season player the last three years i think uh deserving. Probably should have won an MVP three times in a row. People didn't want to give it to him. Whatever. We're we're not we're not bitter about it. And uh, you know, LeBron James, I, I think at 38 years old, a great chance, probably the best chance LeBron has. If they make the finals this year, or if they win the finals this year, I think the LeBron versus MJ stuff it's going to really change tenor because this dude is 38 playing on a broken foot. It's uh, it's it's definitely go time for LeBron
4: this is this series i have no idea what to do with but i i've been leaning lakers oddly enough just because i feel like if if anthony davis is healthy that's the caveat right it's a big ass caveat because <laughs> this guy can stub his toe this guy can you know tear his shoulder i mean like he he needs to be able to put together six or seven games right ultimately with anthony davis though he's somebody who can really take over this series. And it could be as simple as if he's the guy in this series leading the Lakers and yeah, they can win this because he's been that good um, every other day, but he's been that good during the post And look, if he's good every other day and this sort of trend starts in game one, then you're in good shape. Right. And I think with LeBron James, can he channel enough? It seems like he's been pacing himself throughout the playoffs because he knows what's to come. Uh, he's been here more than anybody in the league at this point, uh, active um, conference finals and the finals. So he knows what it takes to sort of win here. Is he going to be able to channel that consistently enough for the Lakers to do it? Are there role players going to step up who I like D'Angelo Russell? He's in his ideal role as somebody you don't have to rely on so heavily. You could remove him if he's not playing well. I think that's something that could work out. And then the nuggets biggest question for me is not Nikola Jokic. Cause I think he's going to be awesome. Can they get stops? Can they get enough stops? Can they get enough stops in this series defensively? That's sort of my biggest question there. I've been leaning Lakers as a result, and I'm scared of that because I'm not very confident in that pick, but they can do it. They can really do it.
1: They can. I'll be happy with either winner, Jokic or LeBron. We love them both. Thanks to Brian for joining the program. We're going to go ahead and run the break here real quick on the I'll you guys back here in a second. All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment here on The Morning After. I've been Davis-matic with you guys here for the last two hours, filling in for the last day in a row for Ben Stevens. He's gonna be back with you guys tomorrow morning. Before we get out of here, I do need to remind all of you to download the Sports Grid app. We have just launched brand new app you can catch up on that you've missed throughout the day here on the program. You can create personalized feeds for the leagues that you like, for the sports that you like, to bet on, and I think, I mean, to me, the coolest feature of the app is that you can subscribe to and get personalized uh, updates from all of the hosts here on the network. So if you really like my videos, if you really like Tom, if you really like Brian, if you really like Donnie Wrightside, if you really like Kevin Walsh, any of the guys here on SportsGrid, you can get just their videos, a curated feed of all the guys that you want to see here on SportsGrid. You're also gonna be able to dive into matchup previews for every game you can search through all of our projections you can see line movements you can get injury updates really everything that you need to set up your wagering profile properly throughout the course of a day or a week and then once the games go live you can see the latest and updated odds scores and stats it is the Perfect compliment to all the insights on SportsGrid inside the SportsGrid app. It's now available in the App Store. We didn't really get to talk much about golf here on the program. I know that Ben and the guys are going to be more dialed in on the PGA Championship for the rest of the week. And uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the golf course they're going to be playing out at Oak Hills. I think this, to me, is, is the best type of golf tournament where, really, you got to push the ball hard off the tee some of the reports we've gotten are that uh the rough super deep crazy hard to hit out of a lot of the holes are going to be playing you know extra long 480 yard par fours and uh most importantly to me i really really hope that we get McElroy McIlroy lift a trophy, a major championship for the first time since 2014. Really looking forward to the PGA Championship. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me for the last three days. Thanks to all our producers, all our amazing guests, everyone at LTN. Going to go ahead and run into our final break here. See you guys back on Fantasy Sports today on Saturday.